Today we have Julius Oni on the show. Julius is a surgeon who specializes in hip and knee replacements. After learning how to invest in multifamily with his own funds, he decided he did not want to hide a great opportunity. So he began to educate others how to improve their financial wealth. Now he gets to help more people than ever by educating them on how to do the same. And as an added bonus, he gets to continue doing what he loves, caring, caring for his patients, and now caring for his investors. Listen and learn. Before we jump into the intro, if you have interest in learning how to invest passively, check out my five-step process for passively investing in real estate. You can download it for free by going to darrenbatchelder.com backslash learn and then select the free PDF. Now, onto the intro. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing. Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. A little background on Julius Oni before we start the show. Julius is an orthopedic surgeon specializing in hip and knee replacements. He was looking to grow his family's wealth and first started to invest in single family and then into multifamily. When he found the wealth building opportunities that multifamily provided, he decided he could not hide this opportunity and he had a duty to educate others how to do it. That is one of his key performance indicators. How many people have they educated? Now, onto the show. Hello, everyone. Today we have a very special guest. We've got Julius Oni. Julius, appreciate you coming on the show. It's my pleasure, Darren. Thanks for the opportunity. Fantastic. So, just a little bit on how we know each other. Um, so, we both were, were speakers at a multifamily conference in Charlotte, um, MFIN Con, put on by Dan yep. Hanford. And, uh, we're, you know, we were just at one of the after hours events and then, you know, got to know each other. And, I, and I'm like, look, man, you're doing some great stuff. Let's have you come on the show. And so here we are. So with that, um, typically first question, how many properties and how many units are you invested in? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm invested in um, 694 units currently and uh, properties, five properties. Fantastic. You are a doctor, right? So <laughs> help the listeners understand a few things. One, you know, the medical practice is, is a wide practice. Like, where do you focus? Um, and yeah. then two, kind of why did you get involved in, in real estate? Awesome. Yeah. So um, I'm an orthopedic surgeon by trade. That's what I've, I've done for the past 10 years. Specifically, I replace people's hips and knees. So I, 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 I do uh, I'm, I'm what, what is considered a joint replacement doctor. So yeah. Um, and for me, I mean, I love what I do. I enjoy it immensely. And being in the operating room is actually my, my happy place. So, <laughs> That's so, awesome. yeah, so, but, um, at the same time, I quickly realized at some point that, um, I'm still a highly paid skill worker, even as an orthopedic surgeon. And even though I thoroughly enjoy what I did, I wanted the opportunity to be able to just do it purely for the passion, not necessarily because it pays my bills. Also, I wanted to start investing in things that I can actually pass on to my progenies, you know, like assets, you know. So I wanted to start investing in things that can, can create legacy wealth. So it didn't really take long before I quickly realized that multifamily real estate was going to be that asset class for me. And for some people, it's stocks. For some people, it's, it's other asset classes. But for me, multifamily real estate in particular makes sense. It's tangible. <laughs> and I mean, we can talk 
about all the different advantages of it, yeah. including the tax tax advantages and and everything that multifamily real estate brings to to bear. But it, it was a very easy decision to start investing in multifamily. When? How long ago did you start investing? So in multifamily, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, but but uh, in single family real estate, twenty fifteen. So I started actually with single family real estate. I initially thought I was going to buy one single family property for the next 30 years. And then at the end of 30 years, I have about a portfolio of about 30 you know, properties that are organically appreciated significantly. Sure. And then maybe I'll sell them as a portfolio. And, you know, that was the initial plan. But I quickly realized that I was uh, I was not a good landlord, uh, and um, <laughs> I, I I certainly did not enjoy the process of dealing with uh, tenants, you know, termites and toilets, you know. So, um, and then I I tried to outsource that process, and and quickly realized that it, it still wasn't working out. The cash flow one wasn't impressive. Um, second. Everything costs so much. Changing the doorknob was fifty bucks, you know. Changing the the light bulb was sixty bucks. It was like I was like, oh, how is this so expensive? But uh, but I guess you know uh, that's the price to pay for outsourcing those types of things. And and so, but most importantly, the cash flow was not what I expected. And when I started to learn about multifamily, I realized that you know what, when I had vacancies in those single family properties, then. There was no, I mean, I had 100% vacancy. Right. That's it. If I, I mean, I was on the hook for the You go for from the 100% to 0%. <laughs> occupancy, <laughs> to, I, I right? mean, I, I, exactly, exactly. So uh, occupancy was like 0% at that point, right? So, um, and so it quickly made sense to me that if I wanted to be smart about this, I needed to scale a lot faster. Um, and what better way to scale but by just, just buying a multifamily property? And so, yeah, and that's how our company, Excite Capital, was born. That, that's awesome. And you, you mentioned, you know, tenants, toilets, and termites. And, you know, for people <laughs> listening that, that maybe they are in single family or they haven't gotten involved in real estate investing yet at all, um, that's one of the things that scares off a lot of people is, is having to deal with that. And then when you go to multifamily, if you buy in large enough properties, you actually have on-site management. So absolutely, they're, they're yeah, leasing the, up, the, yeah. you know, the property. If there's a issue with one of the, you know, maintenance, there's a maintenance person on staff. Absolutely. So you don't have to deal with it. So it takes absolutely. away those headaches. That's the beauty of it. The property makes enough revenues to pay for the people that are going to take care of it. And that's the beauty of it and more. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> so I've had a few doctors on the show prior and mm-hmm. um, I want to get your take because kind of the consistent theme that I've heard from, from people that are involved is mm-hmm. that in the medical space, you know, doctors, they spend quite a bit of time honing their craft and mm-hmm. learning their craft and educating themselves on the medical profession, but they yeah. don't necessarily even though they are highly paid, they don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to spend the time understanding how to grow their assets, how to grow their wealth. <laughs> Do you yeah. find the same situation? No, there's no questions about that. I think uh, we are we are trained to be great at focusing on just one thing, you know, and just to uh, completely narrow our focus, you know, become a cardiologist, become an interventional cardiologist. No, become a structural interventional cardiologist, you know, not just become an orthopedic surgeon, but become a joint replacement surgeon, you know, Um, not just become an orthopedic surgeon, but become a foot and ankle surgeon. And that's all you do, you know? So, so, so that's, you know, we are trained to be subspecialized to, own that craft, become a master at one thing, and literally outsource everything, every other thing. So, um, and and we take that same approach with our finances for the most part. You know, we are trained to essentially max out the four hundred one k, which is great, and maybe put some money away in some brokerage account, which is great. Um, and um, but when it comes to other active investment strategies or or 
even passive investment strategies that just require a little bit of active work up front, maybe to vet the sponsor to, right. <laughs> you know, sure. they, we, we don't want to do any of that. We just, we just, you know, we, the, the reality is we don't get much financial education throughout our curriculums, either in medical school or in residencies or while coming up the educational track. So for those of us that have kind of broken out of the, the mold and, and see things slightly differently, you have to kind of educate yourself. You have to actually actively decide that, you know what, I'm going to figure out ways to grow my wealth in a more accelerated fashion instead of just what we get with trading our times for our hours for dollars. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And, and there could be different, different levels to that, right? I mean, there's certain people that I've met that have made the transition and, and decided, hey, I'm going to allocate some capital to, to real mm-hmm. estate, uh, build legacy wealth, like you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. and I want to get on the active side and be involved in deals um, yep. And also, you know, bring other people into deals and educate mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side of it where there's a lot of highly paid people that whether they're doctors or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sales reps and software companies mm-hmm. or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, athletes, mm-hmm. and they can take some of that money and not, they don't have to put it all with a financial advisor in the stock market. They can diversify and be passive. So can you explain Absolutely. how that works? Yeah. And even worse, some of them don't even put it with a financial advisor to, in the stock market. They put it in a savings account. Oh, that's, <laughs> what's the return so, on a savings account? I mean, it's like if you're very nice to them, maybe 0.09%, <laughs> maybe 1%. You know, so, but, but, right. but guess what? The moment you drop that money with the bank and deposit it in the bank account, it becomes a liability to the bank. And they put it to work for you. Well, not for you, for them, for themselves. Right. Because really, they put that work to, money to work. They're getting 3%, 4%, 20%, 40% on it. And they're giving you just a tiny little bit of a percentage on it. So, uh, And even worse, if you have it in a checking account, you're getting nothing uh, on it at all. Right? Actually, you lose. it's losing value with inflation. inflation. Particularly right. with inflation being, uh, you know, in, in 5, 6, 7, 8% nowadays. So... I mean, besides your emergency funds and maybe some extra fund, depending on who you are, what whatever makes you feel comfortable to have in the bank, you should be putting that money to work so that it's it's growing for you, you know. And it's it's the risk is actually sometimes in not putting that money to work because it's losing value, right? Well, yeah, and it, I mean that's a hard one. For, you know, a lot of people can't get their head around that one that. You know, look, if I put a hundred grand in the bank account and next year it's a hundred grand, like I didn't lose any money, but you lost purchasing value, (laughs) right? You know, based on inflation. So so talk about how, how, you know, what are the alternatives for these people in in investing in real estate passively? I I mean, for for passive investments, and and this is how I started, you know, just to kind of really get my feet wet. I was like, okay, I'm going to put $50,000 in uh, uh, syndication, you know, Um, put it with someone that I trust to do it. And now did I get to trust them? Because I saw their track record of buying this real estate properties, generating income for them and their investors, and the, them sending out distributions to them and the investors participating on the upside with the, when the properties are sold. So when I realized that, I was like, okay, let, I'm going to try this too. So put in uh, that investment and yeah, guess what? I started to get my distributions and I was like, oh, this is quite fantastic. I'm getting monthly distributions this is my money is, is working for me and right. I'm not really having to actively do anything at all, you know? So I was like, this is, this is great. And then they talk about the cost segregation and tax benefits of it. All of a sudden out of that $50,000, I have about $35,000 in depreciation, like paper losses. This is not, the property is appreciating, right. but I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting paper losses that I can, apply to any passive income that I have, including the distributions coming from that particular property. So I was like, my mind was blown, right? 
Um, so, and I quickly realized that I didn't see, when I started to go to all the conferences, I didn't see healthcare professionals there. I saw a lot of MBAs and, and business folks and, uh, and engineers and, and, and accountants and, and people from all facets of life. But I just, I, healthcare professionals were very glaringly, um, absent. Absent. And, and, and also, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. You know, there were a lot, there weren't very great underrepresented minority representation in, in the, in the conferences that I went to. So at that point, I knew there was an op, there was an opportunity here to take the gospel of multifamily and take it to, um, the folks in the healthcare community and say, listen, you do not just have to be limited to playing in the stock market. You do not have to be limited to playing in, in single family um, real estate. And, and, and particularly if you're too busy of a professional, you can't do that. You don't have to f- just focus on that alone. There's an alternative asset class. There's an opportunity for you to also invest in some of these apartments that you drive by, you know, li- lived in in the past, you know, that your children uh, currently live in. You also could be you know, potentially co-owners or joint owners of these properties. And you could do it passively without necessarily actively um, uh, um, doing any work. You're just putting your money to work for you. And um, that, that message has resonated with our, um, um, our community. And that's the only reason that our company, Excite Capital, has gotten the type of um, um experience the type of growth we have in the past two and a half years. I mean, in two and a half years, we've acquired um, asset under management of about $125 million, and we have another property under contract right now. And we literally started from just three people coming together and saying, you know what, we're going to take this word out to, to people in our community. One of my other partners is Leslie Awesom, who is a CRNA. Um, um, certified registered nurse and anesthetist and we actually met in the operating room it was putting my patients really? to sleep yeah <laughs> yeah it was putting my patients to sleep i was operating on them and uh we you know at the end of the day when surgeries are done we we'll, we'll just talk business a little bit and he was the one who introduced me to multifamily and initially i brushed it off like ah it sounded too, too complicated i mean how do you go after $20 million deals and $17 million deals. Like it just sounds impossible. Right. And, and then when I started reading more and we started talking more, I was like, Oh my God, this is possible. We can actually collate our resources. We could pull resources together. Yes. I alone may not be able to take down a $20 million deal, but I can get a bunch of, you know, people in my community of, in my my professional community and my daily, you know, community, my my immigrant community, my underrepresented minority communities, and, and pull them together and say, let's go out, let's pull our money, our resources together, and go purchase this this properties. And guess what? That's what we did, and we've we've had incredible success doing it, and continue to, and and the message is resonating, and people are believing in the vision and joining us on, on this journey, and I'm I cannot be more thankful for it. That that's fantastic. I'm I'm so I'm so glad that you've had that experience. I, I look, I got involved probably about four years ago, and it was very similar. I was I was like skeptical, and I was scared, and. Um, all those things. And I went out first, you did single family for a while. Um, I bought one duplex and I was, I was scared to do that duplex. And then afterwards I went searching for a way to go bigger and I found syndications and I was scared getting in as a passive on my first syndication. But here's what I want listeners to know. And this has happened to you. I could tell is that, you know what? You started out, it was about growing your wealth. Right. Yep. And yep. look, you still want that as part of your goal is to yep. you know, build legacy wealth. But now you're bringing it to your community, you know, and you're expanding and you're teaching other people, both within the medical field and within your your network of people. And that's what I would say to listeners. Like, look, you it's scary. You know, there is a certain 
you know, you want to do due diligence and get to know the people you're doing business with. But at the end of the day, anytime you do something new, it's going to be a little scary and there's going to be a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, but after you see the results, then it's like, you know, if you knew the, you know, the cure to cancer, you're going to tell people about it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You just don't want to keep it to yourself. Only selfish people will. Because, I mean, for me particularly, I'm, I'm an academic surgeon. So I teach residents. I teach, you know, um, medical students, fellows, and things of that nature. My identity for a long time was embedded in being an orthopedic surgeon. And it was really, really difficult for me to start identifying as something additional to that, a real estate investor. Um, and it was also extremely difficult for me to actually share about what I was doing with other people because I was like, wait, if I start talking to them about real estate, are they going to take me seriously anymore? You know, are they going to take you seriously as a doctor? As a doctor, right. exactly. Right. Like, are they going to you know, think that I'm like maybe not serious about my my craft as a as an orthopedic sure. surgeon, and so you go through those mindset um, mindset challenges, and 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 what helped me get over that was the fact that I was like, listen, if I do not share this with them, then I. I am literally hiding a great opportunity from them to expand their their minds and hopefully grow their wealth. So if it's worked for me, why shouldn't I share with other other people? And let's be frank, I actually don't share that work because of, you know, it's just not a, you know, because things are very structured in my workplace. So I don't ever talk about real estate while I'm at work. People, I mean, they see what I'm doing on the outside. So people actually reach out to me just randomly, like, you know, either from my workplace or from other places. Um, And now the word is just out there. And when people want to hear about, you know, uh, uh, real estate and and growing their wealth with real estate and how to go about it, they reach out to me. And I'm just more than happy to share those uh, those things that I've learned with, with with, with anyone who is interested. That's huge. I mean, look, our health is, you know, paramount. I mean, right. You you need to have fantastic health, but you know, your finances are also an important part of your life. And so, you know, some people may neglect, you know, either their their health or, or their wealth. And um, I love what you said about you said hiding a great opportunity, and I I have never heard anybody say it like that. But it, it is so true. It's you know there's a little bit of because there's so many there's mentors out there, there's gurus out there, there's so many podcasts, there's books, there's blogs, there's all this you know social media. Um, so some people can become cynical, like all these people are just out there just to make money. But it, look, a lot of people are out there to try to help other people, you know, achieve the same things that they've achieved. And that's admirable. That's absolutely true. Uh, the way I see it is, you know, with my day job, I, I help people restore their physical mobility. And, and now with real estate, I help people restore their financial mobility. Uh, and so there's a lot of parallels in the two worlds and um, and that's why I'm just as passionate about real estate and, and growing wealth as I am about replacing people's hips and knees. And and uh, if you were to come into my operating room, you would understand what I'm saying because I I am um, uh, I incredibly love what I do, and the proof is in the pudding. The outcomes of my patients, you know, prove that you know we are i'm doing the right thing and that I, I my philosophy of practice is to treat my patients like i will treat my family member or myself and so and that's the same way that i've i've just transferred a lot of those same nuggets to real estate so to treat my investors or people that are coming along with me on this journey 
just the same way I would treat my family members or myself. So, and, and, and we as a group, myself, Leslie Awesome, Tani Tolofari, my, both, both my two partners, we just share those same core values. And, and, and that's, that's what drives us forward. That's what determines what decisions we make when it comes to, you know, managing the properties, when it comes to dealing with investors and, and things of that nature. And it's just, um, and as far as we've stayed in that lane and I've just been investor focused and, and always thinking about how can we make the experience of the investor better? How can we make, improve their education? How can we expand their minds? And, and how can we help them ultimately grow their wealth um, in a significant fashion? That is, I mean, we've just grown amazingly. We thought that we were just going to start just with the education, but quickly that segued right into actual investments. And now we are, we are now fifth <laughs> um, a property and I, I can't believe it myself. It, it's huge. Look, look, <laughs> before when you were saying in the beginning, you said, you know, when you're in the operating room and you're, and you're focused on hips and knees, um, that you're in your happy place. Like immediately I thought to myself, well, if I had a problem with my hips and knees, I want <laughs> a guy like that, like that. He loves what he's doing and the, and the outcomes are, are great. Right. <laughs> And yep. so to take that same philosophy into real estate is, is fantastic. Um, yep. You yep. you said something else that I, I want to expand on a little bit. Um, you said the experience of the investor. So, look, I've been in the business for the last four years, and mm -hmm. I feel the same way as you in terms of, you know, investors and making sure I do everything possible. But I think of it in terms of, the return. Mm. Okay. Yep. So I'm a business guy. I think of it in terms of like, I want to maximize the returns for investors and do everything in my power to, to, to achieve that. Um, but when you said the experience of the investor, I kind of felt like there was more to it than just <laughs> maximizing the returns. So I, I, I want your definition of that. That is that is great. Um, I definitely meant more than the returns because yes, everybody is going, especially nowadays. Everybody is definitely going to promise great returns, and certainly some are going to deliver great returns. Um, but what really separates, or at least what I would love to separate us from the pack, is that. We care so much about our investors that they're almost like an extended um, um, family to us. And so the way, and for us, our avatar, like people that don't know much about multifamily real estate, so they need quite a bit of handholding. They need quite a bit of education. They need quite a bit of um, TLC, so to speak, if you, if you will. So we pride ourselves in our efforts to like really approach them with care and, and approach them in a way where we just like tell them, listen, we just want you to know about this. Now your decision to invest is yours. You don't necessarily have to invest with us. And guess what? We have one of our core values is, is the spirit of abundance. So we actually don't care if they go invest with the next guy who they think is more, you know, uh, um, experienced and things like that. We are still very happy if we were the ones who planted the seed. Sure. We still consider that a win. So we actually track the number of people that we've educated to. So because that is a KPI for us. Right. <laughs> so, so, so for us, it doesn't matter if we are able to plant the seed in you and, and you end up getting educated and you then go invest with a Darren, with someone else. Fantastic. Right. We, I mean, we have done our job there. But guess what, what we found? We found that by using that same approach, the people universe just, people just want to stay with us. And, and people actually are now bringing other people and saying, listen, I've got this great group of guys. 
they just want to educate. We have a free underwriting class, for example, on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night at 8, 8 p.m. And people just come in, learn, leave, send other people in, leave, you know, and come sometimes just to underwrite their own deals, things of that nature. It, it's great. We have a monthly meetup on every first Monday of the month, you know, where we bring industry experts to share, you know, everything that um, like uh, different on re- different real estate topics and sometimes personal development topics. And people come in, enjoy that. Um, and we're not asking them for anything. We're not asking anyone to, to invest <laughs> throughout all of this. But obviously, when people are learning from you and you exposing them to a completely different asset class that they did not actually think was possible for them to invest in before, then you start to become their thought leader. You start to become the person that they know, like, and trust, and they are willing to eventually invest with. And it's just happened for us. And also, um, my partners and I have all been successful professionals before we even came together to start this business. So I was an orthopedic surgeon. My other partner is a, a cybersecurity professional, and the third one is the C- CRNA, the, the a registered nursing, nursing anesthetist. So, uh, and, and so, and we've all in our respective worlds built up a lot of goodwill and a lot of you know integrity and a lot of <laughs> you know good relationships with people over time. So those helped us in the in those first couple of deals in the sense that people knew who we we were they knew we weren't gonna you know put them put them all their hard-earned you know um um, money at risk so at least not knowingly you know so so they trusted us to to go ahead and you know pull those resources together and go ahead and invest in those some those first couple of investments and guess what? Those guys are super happy, right? <laughs> right, right, right now, exactly. because because some we have some people that we call our excite unicorns. Those are the people <laughs> that have, have invested in every single deal with us, and there's a ton of them. We have have about six to seven percent reinvestment rate, um, <laughs> you know, deal, deal from deal to deal. But but um, those those guys, and the the first time they gave us maybe fifty k, which was the minimum. And then by the second deal, it's like a hundred, you know, one hundred and fifty. And by the most recent deal, we get in like five hundred thousand dollars checks from people. That's and, crazy. And, and I can't, and sometimes I can't believe it myself because I'm like, wow, this. I mean, I mean, we co-invest with all our investors, also, no questions about it, because we have to have skin in the game. This is part of one of our um, um, goals with every every single deal, but. I'm just like so amazed that like the response of the people, they feel like, man, you are, you guys are opening our worlds up to a completely different asset class that we had no access to. So, yeah. so, um, and that's just been a blessing to be, to be a vessel in that way. So that, that's huge. So the, um, talk about some of the returns, like, you know, in, in the, <laughs> Stock market, you know, maybe you hear averages of seven, eight percent, you know, yep. in, annualized over over a long period of time in the stock market. Um, what type of returns have you been seeing on the real estate side? Absolutely, yeah. Um, the returns are certainly over fifteen percent average annual returns to twenty five percent on average. Um, when you hit home runs, I've seen I've seen some some uh, some sponsors, you know, end up with like forty percent average annual, sixty percent average annual. Uh, obviously, those are like great home runs, and those, especially in the last you know um, three years or so, we've seen a lot of those. Right. Um, but but I would say conservatively, even in this environment of r- rising interest rates, of increasing inflation, of 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 ultra competition to get these deals because the cap rates are like you know uh, um, <laughs> are still somewhat compressed at least uh, the sellers are still not willing to <laughs> right to sell at, 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 at cheaper prices 
and there's still significant competition for deals. Um, but even in this environment where the stock market is yo-yoing back and forth and, <laughs> and being pretty volatile, where, you know, uh, um, some of the other asset classes are not doing as well, where crypto is completely gone downhill, um, real estate continues to be a solid, solid investment. And particularly multifamily real estate, I mean, where else are you going to get? For example, we, in the process of disposing of a property, um, and when we um, closed that deal, our investors at that point would have made about, I think, between 36 to 40% average annual returns. That's crazy. We promised them 19%. Right. So, so, so I'm okay with just under promising and over delivering. Yeah. And, and yeah, guess what? There will maybe some properties where we get humbled, um, where we may just maybe hit it or maybe come below promised returns. I completely realize that without risk, there will be no return. There's huh. definitely some risk, but the risks associated with multifamily real estate is below average for sure. And the returns are above average for sure. No questions about it. And our first goal is capital preservation. So our goal, is, first of all, is just to make sure that, you know, you, we get your, your principal is preserved so that at the least we're doing better than your savings account or your checkings account, <laughs> you know. And then the next goal is to hit the return that we promised you. But really, our actual goal is to surpass that return by Absolutely. a vast, by, 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 by a mile. Absolutely. And, and, and so far, so good. But, um, you know, uh, I, I am humble enough to realize that, you know what, we may not get it right every single time. And I'm willing to, 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 to live with that fact. But I am willing to bet that we will get it right. Ninety nine percent of the time, or ninety something percent of the time. So, so people that are so I'm invested in a lot of multifamily deals, and and I've had similar returns, and and I'm a I'm a believer, I'm a believer (laughs) um, that these returns, you know, are realistic and Mm -hmm. they they are happening. um, Where people that are listening that maybe have not invested. Mm-hmm. You know, can think, well, oh man, that's pie in the sky stuff. But why <laughs> do you think? Um, and I have an answer here, but I want to hear mm-hmm. yours. Do you mm-hmm. think the major reason for that? For people I, not believing. Why, why, well, not for people not believing. For the fact that on multifamily properties, you can actually achieve these types of returns. I see. I mean, it, I think it's. I think this. I, that's the the answer to that question is multifactorial, obviously, right? One is the fact that the demand supply dynamics just supports multifamily at this point, right? They saw a shortfall of what almost four million apartments in in the U.S. So if development is not catching up to that, and we are not building enough to, to keep up to house the population that we have, right? Um, it only makes sense that there's going to be the demand supply dynamics kind of favor folks investing in that particular asset class. And that's, sure. that, that's, that's bottom line. The other is the fact that inflation in the last several, couple of years is kind of tracked up significantly, Right. With inflation, as inflation goes up, rent goes up, and that's usually the major um, 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 revenue source in this pop- component sure. of revenues in these properties. And also, sponsors and owner operators are now listening to tenants in those properties and coming up with value add strategies that tenants are willing to pay for. Also, you know, like when you add dog parks, when you make the pool area look really nice. When you update the club area to have a nice yoga um, uh, uh, um, studio and a spin studio, when you, when, you, when you create a little bus stop for the kids to wait in, 
you know, uh, on their way to school so that when rains or snow falls, they're not waiting in the rain or uh, in the snow. When you put bike racks up, when you, you know, all of these things that we do to make the lives of the tenants easier and to just make things a little more seamless for them. So, and, and that people will be willing to pay maybe an extra $10, $20, $30, $50 for, but we know what that translates to in the value of the property, depending on what the cap rate of the, <laughs> of, yeah, of the market that's, is. So, that's, so that's the thing. So small gains, what appears to be small gains in the property in the, or small gains in the net operating income translates to massive increases in value, you know, what, and, and that's, one one of the reasons also. I, I and, think a, a lot of those are fantastic <laughs> points um, and, and points that like I knew of, but I didn't really, I really didn't put to, you know, hand in hand with, with that, um, those returns, but it is, it's so true. Demand supply dynamics, you yep. know, shortage of, of apartments and homes for that matter Absol- um, in the U.S. And then Absolutely. the ability to, uh, force appreciation by implementing Absolutely. some kind of value add strategy. Absolutely. Um, where Absolutely. I was gonna um, go with it was was leverage. You know, so oh yeah, definitely leverage. It's different in these multifamily deals than buying. You know, if you go buy Amazon stock, you know, to get a to double your money, the stock price has to double. You don't have That's any true. leverage. That's true. That's but true. In a multifamily property, you know, you're getting a loan anywhere from, you know, low leverage, 60% to, Mm -hmm. you know, in the heyday, 80%. People aren't getting typically 80% today. Absolutely. Um, So you have that leverage on the, so you're buying a $20 million deal, but if three quarters of it is financed with a loan, you don't have to double the value of the property. You have to. Mm-hmm. You just have to double the value of the equity that was put in. That was so put in. Yeah. A twenty million dollar property. Um, say, say it you was raised, 20, yeah, two yeah, million dollars of capex. So you're twenty two million in it, and you know you got to you got to end up bringing in another seven million dollars. So you, yeah, so yeah. twenty nine million dollars. You doubled everybody's money. You don't have to Absolutely. sell it for forty million. Absolutely. So the, Absolutely. The other thing that, and I'm, I come from um, kind of a loan trading background, and mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the safety factors for me too is okay. Look, we're going to underwrite the loan. I mean, the the deal. We're going to put up. You know, the sponsors are putting up hard money that they're putting mm-hmm. at risk. They, mm-hmm. you know, if the mm-hmm. deal's not good, yeah. they can't attract the funds. They're going to lose that money. Um, and then it has to go to the lender. And so, you know, let's say it's agency financing. Well, the agencies, Fannie and Freddie, have been doing these loans for, for all years. across the country for years and years and years. <laughs> and, years. and they have so much data. And so if they approve the loan where you are underwriting the loan, that's just, to me, another Checkbox. They absolutely. are not in the business of losing of money. Of losing money. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was one of the things that made complete sense to me because I was like, there are so many stops and right. so many so many check checks, you know, because we are underwriting multiple times. The bank is underwriting multiple, or Fannie is underwriting multiple times. Very often, the broker, the broker, the mortgage right. broker. I mean, the the real estate broker who is broker brokering the the sale of the property has underwrote it too. You know, using their own terms and their own assumptions. And so, multiple people have underwrote this to come up with the evaluation <laughs> with the with the evaluation. Yeah. And so, and usually for us, we would just not underwrite it. We'll also send it to a third party underwriter to just double check it. And, and make sure that the, the assumptions are co- completely correct. And then after that, we then stress test the deal to make sure that, okay, there are multiple ways that we can cover up for any type of surprises that come up in the deal. So, um, yeah, I mean, it gives me so much comfort when I know those that we've gone through all of those checks 
before, you know, going to the investors. I mean, to get one deal, we usually have evaluated over 100 deals. We've put in LOIs and at least 30 of them. We've been pet best and final on at least seven. <laughs> <laughs> and then we eventually get one. So right. it's like you you whittle everything down to like the the, the one that really works. That's and and, and uh, it, so it makes sense. Absolutely. So your investors come to you and they say, Julius, what's the biggest risk in investing in multifamily or investing in this deal? What, yeah. What's your response? So I would say one, the biggest risk is um, the fact that it's a relatively illiquid investment. <laughs> you just cannot come to me, you know, six months later and say, hey, uh, that money I gave you six months ago, I want it back. Even though we've gotten that too, and we've found ways to to bring in other because of the demand for this investments, we just replace those people with other folks and and got them out of the deal. But um, but that but for the most part, when you're investing in these deals, you're investing with the expectations that you're going to wait it out for the entire business plan. The business That's plan one. is typically how long. About three to seven years. Yeah, three to seven years. On, so, you yeah. know, you, when you're investing in these deals, that is one of the big differences between yeah. real estate and and the stock market. Yeah. You could sell the stock, yeah. you know, any, at any point miss, in time. But, miss, but yep. you're, you're, you're in the deal for three you're, to seven you're, years. Yeah. You're, you're in it. I mean, you're making money while you're in it. Right. But you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, but the other risk um, is obviously there are some things that we can control. We can control the way we manage the property. We can get insurance on the property. Like, for example, one of our first properties that we bought, we had a fire within a month of it. <laughs> and, and But guess what? We had insurance and that was, that was covered. And we actually got enough money to renovate that property and, uh, uh, and that particular unit and other units also because of the, of, of the, um, um, the insurance that was paid on it. But, but, uh, but so there are ways that we can mitigate for those types of risks with, with regards to the property. And that is our responsibility. But there's also the external factors, you know, the market, you know, what the economy is doing in general with regards to uh, um, um, uh, real estate. But when you actually look at the history, you know, when you actually look at when this country took big hits, like, for example, in 2008, yes, was there some, you know, uh, um, hit to the, to the returns for multifamily? Yes. But very quickly, those bounced back. And when you actually tracked how multifamily did around that time, it was one of the better performing properties compared to what stocks did. Compared to single family, you know the complete complete crash of the single sure. family housing market. Multifamily and commercial real estate, in some ways, still kept their value through all of that. You know, so so it makes complete sense to me. I'm a believer, just like you, complete <laughs> believer. And so, <laughs> and so for me, yes, there are risks. And obviously, if you do invest in a market that is not growing that where employers are exiting, right. where there is no diversity of employers, where you're just dependent on one employer that that essentially is responsible for 70% of your <laughs> of your tenants in that particular property. Yes, you could be playing with some, you could be rolling some, some significantly uh, risky dices there sure. because obviously if something happens to that employer and you lose 70% of your tenants, that goes from a stabilized property to a super depressed, a distressed property. So, uh, I mean, but the ways to mitigate against those risks are to make sure what go into growing markets with this increasing population growth, this incre increasing median household income growth, there's a diversity of employers, there's, you know, um, desirable um, attractions in the area that people want to be part of. You mitigate those risks with that. But still, if the entire country's right. real estate and economy completely crashes, and well, at that point, I guess we'll probably all be in our homes and not doing much anyways because <laughs> I think this will be the last 
of the asset classes to go if that was to happen. And um, I don't foresee that happening. I can only make decisions based on what information I have available to me. And based on the historical precedent of this asset class, it's a fantastic option to to, and yeah. it's definitely it's definitely got to be part of the portfolio of any serious um, investor. I I agree, and and I you know I don't know if you owned property through um, COVID, but like you know yeah. when you know I did, and yeah, when, I when did. it first happened, everybody was so scared that you know nobody was going to pay their rent, and yeah. you know you were going to still be responsible for the mortgage and. You know, yep. what I found was, we, you know, our delinquency definitely went up um, during COVID, mm-hmm. but we were cash flow positive every month. People, you know, yep. it, it became apparent to me that, look, that was something that we could never have planned for, right? Yep. You own yep. an apartment complex and then all of a sudden COVID happens and the government says, you know, you can't, you know, evict people for, for non-payment of rent. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, holy cow, what am I going to do? But- People, for the most part, there were people that, you know, tried to take advantage of the system or were legitimately sick. Um, and, but there were people that just paid their rent. They, you know, they, they buy food, they pay their rent, they pay, you know. And I yep. was amazed how it performed in, in an environment that you couldn't even fathom happening yeah. where the government yep. says you don't, you cannot, you know, even though you're in a landlord-friendly state, you're not allowed to evict yep. for non-payment of rent, you know? Well, um, I, I, was, I was one of the crazy, we were one of the crazy people that went in just right at the beginning of oh, COVID. Oh, you did. <laughs> well, well, you did well then, right? I mean, because a lot of people were scared to get in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went for run out of the fire, then we were running into the fire to see what was there, what was in there. Good and for guess you. what? We, we, we found some beautiful diamonds. Good for you. <laughs> hey, so one of the other risks that, and I want to get your take on this, uh, that I think of is, and it probably comes from my background in trading, trading loans, is the financing Definitely. You know, so, you, you know, on a single Definitely. family home, most people are um, accustomed to getting a 30 year fixed rate mortgage. You know, yeah. maybe if they're in a good financial position, they they trade it out for a 15 year for a lower rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but in the multifamily world, you can't yeah. get a 30 year fixed rate mortgage. So no. the longest term you can get is like a 10 or 12 year. Ten. Yeah. Um, and. So every loan has a balloon feature. And over mm-hmm. the last two or three years, a lot of loans were bridge loans with kind of a 311 type yep, of structure. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, so I think that some, that is some, a... Some, some of them without a cap. With, yeah, some without a cap, right? Some, some are fixed, some are floating with no cap. Yep. Um, yep. Some are floating with a cap. But mm-hmm. I think that's a risk it for is. people that, you know, the loan... And I saw in, in my other business when in 2008, when things shift, lending environment kind of shuts off. And like you don't want to own a property, I think, and be forced to have to either sell or refinance in, in a terrible That's economy. True. That's true. So yeah. what, what, what's your take, take on the, on yeah, the financing I, I, piece? I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think the way to mitigate that and, and – consistent with what I was saying earlier that we try our best to mitigate this risks right. is to always try your best to go for, you know, fixed long-term debt. Um, if you can, and if you're going to go the bridge, um, um, route to at least, you know, purchase a, a, a cap that, <laughs> that, that, that still works, um, regardless. Um, so, and f- for me, I just feel like, even though those fixed debt don't go more than 10 to 12 years, but most cycles, most real estate cycles don't last that long either. Right, right. So if, if you're able to, to, to weather the storm. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I kind of think five to seven years. If five you, to seven if, years. If you can get in that five to seven year range, exactly. but three years seems too short to me. But yeah, three years a, is short. A lot of syndicators kind of shifted to to that and was okay with that was because they had other properties that had 10-year debt on them. And then all of a sudden, interest rates dropped. Mm-hmm. And now the prepayment penalty 
was so high yeah. so that high. even though valuation-wise they could sell the property at a huge gain, such a big portion of their gain was going to be going right. to the prepayment penalty that they felt like they were stuck. So they said, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> you know, so they started doing, um, you know, shorter term, uh, you know, adjustable type loans. But, that's it. That's it. Um, well, the, the opposite happened to us because, you know, we got uh, the property at a pretty nice interest rate and then the interest rates started going up. So the youth maintenance, you know, obviously. Yeah. They, so you, <laughs> you got in at the right time where, where the opposite effect is happening. So, exactly, so good for you so, and, so. and good for all of your investors, right? So, <laughs> hey. Thank you. Talk about, um, you know, you know, some people, so we talked about passive, but like, look, you're going to get into this and, is it easy to win a deal? No, no it's not. So talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you decide that, that the active life is for you, um, um, then I, I think uh, you just have to be, you, you have to understand this is a team sport, right? Um, it's a team sport and any team sport has a lot to do with relationships, right? It's a, it's a relationship sport too. You got to, develop a lot of relationships with brokers, with accountants, with lawyers, with um, potential sellers, with uh, uh, other prospective buyers when you eventually stop, <laughs> stop you know, acquiring properties and you want to sell. So um, it's, it's, it's a relationship business. You have to, to also be willing to um, uh, uh, very clearly articulate what you are presenting to your investors on the investor side. I do think that you need a good operations person just to make sure that the, <laughs> that the, the, the day-to-day um, uh, of the company is, is going well. And that's who mm-hmm. Leslie Awesom, our co-founder, is to me, uh, to us. Um, and then you need a good acquisitions person, someone who is pounding the pavement with the brokers, who is consistently um, uh, um, reviewing deals and, and as a good system for deal flow. You, obviously, part of that is the underwriting team and things of that nature. So you got to be able to find the deals. you got to be able to funnel them and figure out if they match your criteria or not. And for those ones that match your criteria, you got to be able to you know underwrite them if, efficiently so, and, and get the, get feedback back to the brokers as quickly as possible, you know? Um, I think most importantly, the first part of this should be education for you. Educate, educate, educate. For us, another thing that we did was to um, pair up with a, a more experienced sponsor and and just be a co-general partner on, on, on one of their deals. That was our, our first deal. I, I think know? that's that's huge. You know, be yeah, a passive a, investor first, you know, so you yeah. understand it. And then, yep. you know, your first active deal, if you want to get active, partner yep. with somebody that ha- with some, has a lot of experience. Uh, because then you get to see what goes on behind the closed curtain. Where, right. where, you know, you get to see how the asset management goes, you know, how the, the deals are broken down between sourcing and asset management and equity raise and, you know, key principle and, and, and you know, all the different, and EMD and, and things of that nature. So you, you get to you get to see all the different fa- facets of the business and you get to also start to discover where your strengths are, whoever the partners in that business are. And, and don't be scared to like get partners. Like for me, um, uh, I'm only able to, cause I'm still a full-time total joint replacement surgeon. I'm only able to do what I do because I have fantastic partners and, and a fantastic team. Now we've grown to a team of about eight people and we, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible what you were able to do when you have um, a group of people just focusing in the same direction and, and, and being very clear eye on what our vision and our focus is. So, uh, yeah. So I, I would say create your systems pretty early on and just, you know, and, and what we did was we created what our goals were and then we reversed engineer 
and reverse engineered what we needed to be doing on a weekly, daily, you know, uh, monthly, quarterly basis. And we also adapted the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. And we run our meetings really efficiently. And and every (laughs) one person person is responsible for for one thing and and everybody keeps each other accountable. And I mean, and so that has really been um, um, the, the secret to, to our success and, and I think what I would advise for others who are interested in, in going active to adopt. That's fantastic. So you talked about goals, like what what is your next big stretch goal, man? You got 694 <laughs> units, you jumped in to the fire when it, when everybody was running away. So what, what's the next so, big stretch goal? So we want to get to at least a, we want to get to a billion um, in asset to, under to management. Billion. Yeah, oh. to a billion in asset under management, um, and, and and ultimately our goal as Excite Capital is five billion by twenty twenty seven, and we think we can do it. Five billion by twenty twenty seven. Yeah, that's awesome. I love when I talk to people and they have huge goals. I mean, that's. Look, you, you already did so much, but in two and a half years, you, you've got 125 million, you, you 694 units, but you now your your mind is on 5 billion yeah, assets because, I mean, management by 2027. That's huge. I mean, I think, think about all yeah, the people yeah. that you're helping, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. You're helping all those investors. You're helping all absolutely. the tenants in those properties. Um, it's, it's absolutely. Huge. That's huge. Absolutely. What do you like to do outside of work for fun, my man? Ah, I love spending time with family. I have two daughters, young daughters, um, the 24-month-old and the 8-month-old. Oh, I love wow, my young. Wife. Yeah, I love my wife. She's incredible and so supportive. And so I usually really love to spend time with them. And um, I love music. I love to listen to music. You know, I dabble in playing them occasionally, playing the piano, a little bit of guitar, um, drums, certainly. Um, and, and I also love, love one of my biggest life's vision is also to, um, um, increase access to musculoskeletal care in lower to middle income countries, starting with Nigeria, where I was born and raised. So, um, a lot of my work has been focused on trying to do that. And one of the motivations actually for going into multifamily was to buy some of my time freedom back to be able to do more of that work. So um, I was just in Nigeria in March doing some free hips and knees and replacements for people who can afford them. Um, and guess what? Excite Capital was able to be a major sponsor for that trip. So <laughs> so it's uh, my world finally starting to come together and life just you know, has so much more purpose, and and I'm, I'm you know I'm just living full out, and uh, this is one of the things that real estate has been able to help me do. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that, that's that, that's fantastic. <laughs> Holy cow, that's like you know, most people like and you did talk about the assets under management. Most people talk about you know how how much they want to grow, um, you know, but the fact that you want to go back to your country of heritage and, and give back in a way that for, you know, to people that can't afford it. And that, you know, part of the wealth that you're going to be generating over the years is going to go back to that. That's, that's uh, huge. Uh, absolutely. And not yeah. just giving it back to people who can't afford it, but really creating systems to allow people to, 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 to allow the surgeons around to have the technical know-how, the education, the skills, and the resources to be able to actually um, uh, um, do the surgery, so offer the surgeries to the people on ground. So the reason why I went into total to, to joint replacement in the first place was the fact that my paternal grandmother had end-stage arthritis of both knees, and, and she was pretty debilitated in the last three years of her life. And there was no one there to do a knee replacement at that time. 
So that inspired me to, to, to learn how to do the surgeries. Unfortunately, she died before I became a surgeon. But now I get to replace other people's uncles, aunties, fathers, mothers, you know, friends, you know, and, and family members, you know, knees and hips. And that gives me so much joy. So, but one thing I still know is that the access to this elective surgeries is still very unattainable in that part of the world. And so if I'm able to, if I'm fortunate enough to have that much resources to be able to uh, do to, to do it on a, even a larger scale than I'm doing it right now, then I, oh, absolutely. That, that would make life, um, that, would, that would make life worth it for sure. I mean, life has much more purpose, you say. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, Hey, so if people want to get to know you, your company more, what, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, so, uh, Julius Oni at ExciteCapital.com. Um, that's X-S-I-T-E-C-A-P-I-T-A-L. So ExciteCapital.com. Um, and um, you could go to ExciteCapital.com. We have a website um, and you could... Uh, uh, sign up to get our newsletters or join our investor club. And that's another way to, to get to join the Excite family. And, and uh, let's continue to grow our minds and grow our wealth together. That's, that's fantastic. So this guy is a very sharp guy. And, and, and unless you're watching it on YouTube, if you're listening to it, you can't see. But when I met him, this guy's a sharp dresser too. Man. This guy is like smooth. So, so in any event... Hey, I hope you check out his website. Julius, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that one. Thank you so much, Darren, for the opportunity. You were very sharp dressing yourself. (laughs) I really appreciate that shirt. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. So, so, but uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, hopefully we could do some deals together soon. Uh, Absolutely. I'm I'm game for that. So listeners, until next week, uh, signing off. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.